Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line prop or parlay bets with the king of sports books today sign up using code buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet bet mgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly 21 plus and present in ohio subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with mgm northfield park You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. G'day everyone, welcome back to the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I am your host, Lyle Swithenbank. This is a sportsethos.com presentation. Now, we've been having conversations with people all over. We've been supporting the team. It's playoff time. We've got to get guests on. And you may have seen the little interaction on Twitter and we've made it happen. We are joined by Jesse Brooks, the great Jesse Brooks, how are you going, mate? You're going all right? It's late at night now. We're recording, but I uh, appreciate you taking some time out of your evening to have a chat. Yeah, no problem, Lyle. I'm hot, fresh off of work. I <laughs> made it home. Uh, my wife's at work right now. She's an overnight nurse. So uh, timing kind of ended up being perfect. I'm not tired yet, so let's get into this. Sounds good. I mean, what better time to talk about the Pelicans? Middle of a playoff push, 2-2 against the top-seeded uh, well, the Phoenix Suns, I nearly forgot. How's that? And uh, overwhelmed with it all. It's only one team that matters to me in this one. Um, what's been your take over all of this playoff push? I mean, from one oh, one game and 12, uh, one win, sorry, and 12 losses into uh, three and 16, and now two and two against the top seed. How's the journey and, and your take been on, on the playoff push so far? Well, I mean, it's been a remarkable journey, obviously. Um, But I think for those of us, like you and I have kind of, you know, we're a little obsessive with this team. So um, we we notice everything they've done up to this point. To us, I think it does kind of make sense how we are, where we are right now in this storyline. But for people that are kind of looking up, you know, 
look it up from their daily activities and say, well, what the, the Pelicans are in the playoffs and, and, and they're doing okay. What, what's going on? You know? Um, yeah. Uh, it, it, it's been a whirlwind, uh, but there were some things that made sense uh, early on, even in that one and 12 stretch, you could see uh, these little parts where Willie Green was connecting with certain guys uh, connecting in a way that Alvin Gentry and Stan Van Gundy couldn't quite do. Uh, guys completing assignments that they didn't really complete before, and something seemed to be clicking even though they were coming up short in the fourth quarter. Um, obviously, the lineups that started the beginning of the season are not the lineups that we see now. Um, so, I mean, that has a lot to do with it too, but uh, it really goes back to Willie Green. And it starts there with Willie Green. And it also starts with a partnership between Willie Green and Brandon Ingram and this desire to be better and want to be great, even in the absence of Zion Williamson, who was supposed to be the man. But uh, Brandon Ingram said, I understand the assignment. I will accept this assignment. And we're, we're seeing the end result of it now. And it's just a wonderful thing to see not only them winning uh, enough, but Brandon Ingram really flourishing and looking like a superstar in the postseason for international audiences to see. Well, that's what I think has been the big change as well, is that while we've been across the team the whole season, I suppose in seasons previous, there's a whole heap of people that because of the national media just not putting us on TV, they don't get access to it. I know down here I'm – I'm fighting an uphill battle all the time in Australia, getting asked about the Pelicans. Why do you go for them? They're no good. They only won 36 games this year. And Uh now that they're on ESPN down here all the time, all of a sudden people are going, geez, they play really hard, don't they? Oh, they never give up. Oh, that guy's really good. Who is this guy? (laughs) Jose Alvarado, who is this guy? Yeah. Are they asking you, what did you know, Lyle? (laughs) I tell you, I said I've been I've been trying to convince you, and I'm calling names out of guys all um all all the time down here trying to fight, and all I hear is oh, but Zion's going to leave. He's going to the Knicks, isn't he? And I'm I'm sitting there going because that's all they hear because you know that's right. that's the storylines that are given out there, and while we get a narrative down here where we get to see it, uh, it's now starting to flick uh, the switch a bit because our on court play on the biggest stage has just been fantastic. Right. I can remember watching Herb Jones in the earliest action, you know, a summer league and then preseason. I remember the biggest question surrounding Herb Jones is, um, first of all, can he make the roster? And then it was, can he crack into this rotation? And I remember seeing him in summer league and preseason and thinking, I don't know, this kid's pretty damn good. Like, he understands things that most rookies don't understand. Uh, and I saw that he could rebound, first of all. And I was thinking, you know, there's so many guys that don't want to just get in there and rebound. Like, that will earn you some minutes right there, right away. And I think there was a moment in Summer League where I remember Kyra Lewis Jr. throwing up a lob to Herb Jones, and it went down for the flush. And I know there's a familiarity there because they were teammates in Alabama. But there was still something there where I thought – I, I think this kid's going to get in the rotation. And little do we know, like, he became one of the best defenders in, in the NBA, which is remarkable. To think that he got drafted at at, at pick 35, uh, Alabama uh, 
well, player and then drafted out like um, Kyra Lewis. And obviously with the Birmingham squadron being formed, I suppose moved down there this season, you, you'd think you'd be picking Alabama players up because it's familiar with the with the play, people down there and they put them in, sure. in Birmingham and all of a sudden he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I'm not going to the G League. I'm I'm starting for the for the league team now. And I mean, to have such a you know, zero expectations on this guy to going to we need to have him on the court. He has to be playing because we're ten times better when he is. And I mean, all testament all credit to him and, and it's a testament to his hard work, uh, being able to crack the rotation and then stay there and and is now probably our most uh dependable player, I suppose, and most important down the stretch, particularly guarding Chris Paul. Uh, New Orleans, I suppose, favourite son for a while. He's now left and he's had opportunities to come back, but uh, has declined them. Uh, It's quite fitting with the uh, storylines in this playoff series. What have you found? I mean, sports is is the great uh, storyteller, live storyteller, I guess, but um, what have you found just about these four games that has really stuck out to you? Uh, I think the thing I've been thinking about all day is transformation. Um, we started out as one thing and we're coming out of the other side as something completely different. I mean, this is the, the hero's journey. This is uh, Luke Skywalker getting that call to, you know, be a, starting out as a farm boy on Tatooine. And now, you know, he comes out a Jedi, you know, like the, the, the this is the kind of story this this team is coming out with. Um, and just the whole moment of uh, uh, Chris Paul reaching out his hand to pick up Herb Jones and Herb just denies it and waits for one of his teammates to come by and uh, gets pulled up that way. It was such an iconic moment, especially for New Orleans sports. Um, things are very niche in New Orleans. Uh, these these very specific things leave a lasting memory with people. And, you know, hyper-localism is humongous in New Orleans. And I think that's a moment that will burn in people's minds for years to come. And I think it was like a permission slip for a lot of people out there that may have felt like, well, Chris Paul doesn't play for us anymore. But he gave us six great years. And I don't want to say, and I'm not saying that you have to trash Chris Paul or anything like that but you are able now to move forward from the glory days and, uh, and, and realize that glory is now. And this is a new dawn and a new age. And, you, you know, it's, it's nice to have those memories, but live in the now and, and realize that things are great now. Um, you know, the, it's, it's literary, it's Shakespearean, it's, it's dramatic. Um, and I, I know for me as a writer, I, there's, there's a lot of people that do great things on the analytics end, but I'm more of a storyteller. And that's one of the things that I love about sports. And, uh, and in a small city like New Orleans, it's a small city that's impacted the whole world in, in many different ways. Um, but in its sports, it's, it's given us great, iconic moments like that and and that was just another one to add to the bank absolutely and i mean yeah you said glory is now and you you did the spoilers alert capped off your uh recent article with that as well and uh i thought that was just so fitting i thought it, it was it is it, now is the time and i know we've had great moments in the past and 
you know, you go through the ups and downs. And the thing about this city, and I think, and I mean, I've been there what for three days once, and that, and I could feel it. And now being involved with the, uh, well, covering the Pelicans, I guess, and and meeting all these great people, such as yourself down there, and uh, you know, it's an us versus them mentality. It is. And, and New Orleans is completely different to anywhere else in the U.S. I've been all over it, and I can tell you it is 100% completely different. It doesn't feel like part of the U.S. Uh, or the rest of it. Because yeah. it is, like you said, the hyper, um, you know, New Orleanian sort of uh, tradition is it's us versus them, us against the world. We take anything that comes at us and we'll overcome it. You know, yeah. and that's what this team has been. They've been world beaters. And that's how it feels. And, and you know, you talked about in your, your article about these young guys, Jose Alvarado, Herb Jones, as we've talked about, these guys just yeah. resonate with the city because they're underdogs. And I think that the, the Pelicans and this team particularly has had that mentality. Do you think that's what's captured people's hearts in this or with this team? Yeah, absolutely. You know, um, in sports, New Orleans sports, the juggernaut is the New Orleans Saints which was the only professional sports franchise in the city for many, many years. Uh, they eventually won a Super Bowl, and uh, we are forever in their debt for that. But having said that, you know, there were so many years prior to that where they were just an awful franchise. Um, they didn't win much. Uh, and, you know, we're talking about decades of, uh, of not really winning much. Um, the city loved the team regardless. Uh, there were times that maybe even the city didn't even connect with the team. A lot of people don't want to admit that to these days. Uh, but there, there were some meager years. Um, I can remember in my lifetime, uh, probably prior to the year, prior to 1999, uh, there were some years that even people in the city were just like, they, they were, I know Brett uh, Benson, Tom Benson had kind of threatened to move the team a couple times. He wanted a new stadium or some upgrades. And I remember some people say, let him go, you know, and, and I'm thinking that's kind of crazy. We're going to have zero sports if we let him go, but there was, you know, they, they weren't on top. They weren't instantly lovable a hundred percent of the time. Maybe now they are, but, there was a time and it wasn't a hundred percent of the time. Um, but after 2006, you know, the, the comeback after Katrina, um, that team had an amazing draft and they also signed the great Drew Brees and free agency. And the rest is kind of history for years to come after that. Um, what uh, that era did was it brought folk heroes to the team which, you know, beyond the product on the field, these were people that fans identified with and could fall in love with. And then they fell in love with the city right back. And I think with the Pelicans, this is the year we're finally getting that. Um, fans wanted to love Anthony Davis, but it just wasn't, it wasn't a full romance. You know, it, um, they really did love Drew Holiday um, cause he was very relatable. And I think, you know, there was a two way relationship. Guys that have come to the Pelicans that just they're one foot in one foot out. And, uh, it's kind of a rinse, wash and repeat cycle. Um, but this time they got their, um, long-term deal guy and in Brandon Ingram, 
they drafted uh, Zion, uh, Jax, Naw. I know Naw eventually turned into CJ, which CJ, uh, from a PR standpoint, has been fantastic in New Orleans. But then they, you know, and then they drafted these rookies that we're talking about, Herb and Jose and Trey, who've all had fantastic attitudes. Um, and it, with Willie Green in the lead, it, that that helps as well. But this is kind of a perfect gumbo happening here of um, personalities, good attitudes, um, just just a delicious stew of the you know the right people to latch on to. You know, I I feel like Jose reminds me of the running back Pierre Thomas that was undrafted for the New Orleans Saints. Um, not expected to make the roster, stole other guys' jobs, kept pushing, preseason happens. He, he performs way past ex- expectations and um, eventually makes a roster. And what a lot of New Orleans fans, some of it's kind of faded from memory, but Pierre Thomas didn't play a whole lot in the very beginning. He kind of had to earn Sean Payton's trust. We saw that with Jose, you know, he played in the G league. Uh, then he came to the main roster. He played in garbage time. And, and then, you know, it just, he kept chipping away until he became a permanent rotation piece. And that, that's why I feel like those, those two remind me of each other. And those are the kind of personalities that new Orleans latches on to. Um, and for the NFL, the seventh round is kind of like the second round in, in the NBA. And, you know, a lot of second rounders don't make rosters. Um, Marcus Colston, a wide receiver for the New Orleans Saints, was drafted, almost not drafted at all, but he was drafted in the seventh round in 2006. And um, reminds me a lot of Herb Jones, you know, a very quiet leader, quiet storm, they used to call him. Uh, Herb reminds me of that. Herb just is a stone cold guy. You know, he's, nothing bothers him. You know, uh, he – He's not going to take anything from Chris Paul or anyone else. And uh, there are these, it's just these personalities that, that it seems to fit the city. Uh, you don't have to be the loudest person in the city, but if, if, if people can identify you for your characteristics, this city will love you because you're a unique individual and there is no new Orleanian. I mean, you might see some people that, uh, that guy seems like he might be from New Orleans, but really New Orleans is kind of about being an individual, being unique. Uh, there are some characters finally on the Pelicans for these people to connect to. Absolutely. And I mean, you, you see it in the in the crowd. I mean, they had the two sellout games in the Smoothie King Center. And I mean, watching it at home, obviously, because I'm thousands of miles away, uh, you, can, you can see the crowd just, hyped when Jose checks into the game and, you know, hear the Jose oh, yeah. chants. I mean, you can feel it through the TV and I'm sitting there going, how have they managed to, to get that? I mean, credit to the, uh, to the broadcast for being able to capture it. But again, credit to the crowd and, and to what he's brought because people connect with him and it is, he's the underdog story. You know, he, he gets into the rotation because Kyra essentially because Kyra does his knee. I mean, and then seizes that yeah. opportunity without Kyra being injured. Do, do we see this, you know, explosion of Jose? I don't know. I don't know. Um, you know, and, and he he sees the moment. I think as a guy uh, like that who 
you know, have been Canada is too small. He, he doesn't do this enough. He doesn't do that. He, uh, you know, he's too old. He's a four-year guy. There's so many things that counted him out. He then comes in and takes that spot, and he's now a key contributor, and all of a sudden he's a cult hero <laughs> for the Bellingans. Um, and across the NBA, people are talking about him. I was I was um, listening to the national media this morning, uh, which is always a mistake usually, but they were on our side, which was great. Uh, and, you know, they're talking, they're comparing him to guys like Patrick Beverly and uh, TJ McConnell and guys like that, a, a big emotive guys, but the hard hustle, grinded out players that teams need to be successful. And to be mentioned in those, when this guy's an undrafted rookie, you know, one year into his career, I mean, the sky's the limit for him. Herb Jones, same thing. Uh, people, we got two rookies closing games at playoff games out. It, it's unheard of. Right. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ecstatic with this team. And I suppose, like you said, we then go and get CJ McCollum. Complete professional, president of the Players Association. Uh, yeah. Flip a few draft, well, a few players into him. Uh, beloved Josh Hart, who also played the, uh, the right way. What yeah. a CJ, have you seen a CJ bring to the, uh, to the franchise? A level of professionalism sticks out to me. Absolutely. Uh, he, he's an adult in the room. Um, I, I don't feel like we've really seen that in the last couple of years. I think maybe JJ Reddick was supposed to be that guy, uh, the last couple seasons. It's still a lot to ask of JJ Reddick to, to fill that, you know, especially at that stage of his career where, you know, he's definitely on, on the way out, um, you know, all due respect, but, um, but with CJ being on the court, like most of the time, uh, having that experience and, you know, being there all of the time, um, the communication factor as well, you know, this is a guy who knows how to communicate. He's got a podcast. Uh, he's a really good writer. Um, he's a businessman off the court. Um, he just knows how to, manage situations and manage personalities uh, while bringing his personality to the table as well, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, like he was only in new Orleans for like a, a month or something like that. I was listening to his podcast one day, maybe it was the one with Jose or one of those, they were having a conversation about restaurants and I think he might have named more restaurants than I've ever been to, you know. Uh, now, some of those restaurants I can't go to because high high dollar. But, but, but what I'm saying is it feels like CJ uh, had ho- no hesitation about jumping into the culture of New Orleans. Not only did he just do it, but I think he was excited to do it. He seems like a man who is interested in your culture. And wants to know about you and your area and, and what the people are like. You know, he did that in Portland for nine years, nine years. So to have someone like that to come to Portland's a special place. New Orleans is a special place. So he knows how to handle that. Some guys get traded here and they don't know what to do with that. You, you can't come, you can't get traded or sign in New Orleans and treat it like New York or Orlando or or especially just a, a Midwestern city in America. You know, it's 
it's just a totally different animal. And you got to, I'm not saying you have to understand all of it, but come into it with an open mind and be willing to learn. 100%. And you can see the guys that stick around and are successful in this city are the ones that do completely embrace it and come with an open mind because it's a city that you can make of it what you will. You can get as much out of it as you want, or you can also just not, it cannot be for you. I mean, I can, I can see it can be polarizing, but if you, if you come with it with an open heart and an open, open mind, you can have a great time and, uh, and you can be beloved too, uh, because you can see it. CJ already, people are, uh, uh, lauding him for, you know, bringing that professionalism and, uh, changing the mindset again, getting these guys in a position to be successful in big games. You can see it. He keeps them calm. He goes and chats to them at halftime and, gets them ready to go for that, those third quarters, which are now our staple. That's how we're winning games is by blowing teams out in the third quarter or making a big comeback um, on the court. I, what have you what have you enjoyed about the play style this year? It has changed. We've got the .5 offense now that Willie runs and uh, the drop coverage with Jonas on the defensive end. Um, what have you liked? What have you not liked? I suppose it's been, it's been a bit of a roller coaster this year on and off the court. <laughs> Well, obviously, we've tried a lot of different things. We've given a lot of different looks uh, because our personnel has changed up so much. And then we, you know, pure New Orleans tradition, we've had a lot of injuries. <laughs> but um, I like where we've ended up. Um, I like this big lineup that they've thrown out there on the floor. I remember even before – I don't want to take credit for it because Willie's a good coach. But I remember before we actually saw it, I, I would think, and that's what I like about this team. Like there are things you can come up with in theory before they happen, just looking at who your players are and what their skills are. Um, I remember looking out there and I was like, well, you know, you've got all these different guys that can handle and run the offense from the top. So, you know, DG's shots not falling right now. So, let's let um let's let cj run point and um you could play bi like a big two and you still keep herb out there and Jax has been playing well at the four and stretches let's let's go ahead and do it and um that's been the lineup lately and it's a fun lineup it's big they're able to push some guys off the line sometimes um you know it might not be the best three-point shooting starting lineup but it's an athletic lineup, um, and, and and I've enjoyed it. Um, I'm excited to maybe possibly start with this lineup next season and maybe switch out uh, Zion for Jax, and then you have Jax and Nance um, for the second unit bigs. And um, I, I just think there's a lot of running that they can do from now to the future and really kind of run teams out of the gym. Honestly, I, I I am just so excited about adding Zion into this lineup and just seeing what happens. I don't know how anyone's going to guard us. I just I know they're going to run. Someone will work it out. But I, I in my head, I can't think of a team that's able to guard that five. I, I, I don't know. Like <laughs> Especially if Herb continues on his trajectory with his three-point shot um, improving and his ability to cut and timing and passing. It's going to be a scary lineup, and then you add Jax to a to a bench that um, is pretty stacked in itself. I mean, good luck. That's all. I that's just, all I can say. Is good luck. Yeah. <laughs> right. I just love the beastly length of this team. You know, like you see them run a lot of sets 
um, that they're kind of similar to what Milwaukee runs for Giannis, where it's almost like a football play, like a halfback dive or something like that. But not only are they like running it for Brandon Ingram or something like that. Like you see that play being called, they run it for Jax, they run it for Ingram, they run it for uh, Herb because Herb is like crazy reach, you know, like his arm stretch out of the stratosphere. Um, and they, they're just using like their athleticism to go up over some people. And then you still have, you know, CJ to kick out to, and uh, you can sneak Trey Murphy in those lineups and then kick it out to him when he's there. Uh, it's, it's, it's really exciting, the possibilities. And I mean, I, I like where they are right now, offensively and defensively. It's, uh, it's an exciting time, and I mean, the length on the team's been fantastic. I mean, Trey Murphy, they list him at 6'9", but he looks taller than that, um, which is crazy. I mean, he's 21, so we don't know how big this bloke's going to be. Herb Jones, yep. was he 6'7", 6'8", Najee's 6'7", B.I.'s 6'9", probably a bit taller, but we don't <laughs> but we don't measure people after their rookie season, so um, right. that's what we get listed at. I mean... The possibilities are endless, I think, and, and being able to switch one six nine player out for another six nine player, and uh, it yeah. makes it very difficult to. Um, I can imagine it makes it difficult to be able to adapt and and uh, deal with this length, particularly as we get another season under our belt. Whatever happens in this one, I think um, it's been a, a successful year, and hopefully, it continues for the next series. And who knows? The sky's the limit, I think, for this team, but. It gives us hope for the future that this is not a one-and-done sort of team where uh, there'll be some tweaks in the off-season. There always are. But for the majority, the core is set. And if we can get a consistent year, I mean, it's it's exciting. And I think it's a really exciting time to be jumping on the Pelicans. If you're still tossing up getting a team out there, come and get us. It's, it's a good side. Um, Jesse? Yeah. What else have you got going on at the moment? You had the beautiful article just came out. Um, music's going well. Anything coming up that you'd like to plug? Um, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm, I'm supposed to plug this, but I, I've got a baby along the way. But... You can plug the baby. <laughs> Congratulations. Of course you, you can plug the baby. Thank you. So I've, I have a baby arriving in the summer around July. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm... I guess I'm, I'm a weirdo figure around New Orleans because I, I work in news and I, I've been playing on the local music scene for a long, long time. Um, I think a lot of people, when they get their real jobs, they usually quit that. But like, I've been doing that. That's probably going to kind of come to a little stop after the baby comes. But um, we'll, we'll, we'll deal with that when we get there. And I, I think I'll be happy to hang it up for a little while. And, and be a dad and get ready for that next phase of life kind of been preparing myself for that uh so i guess in the meantime before then uh, i've been working on an album called boots on the asphalt it's like 90 percent recorded and it's uh being mixed right now and you know we're taking a low and slow approach to it of course i'm anxious like i would like to put it out right now but uh, you know i'm <laughs> I'm uh, letting my uh, my engineer, who's also my bandmate, uh, take his time and clean that album up as much as possible because I know he wants it to look good on his resume too. But um, I, I think it's a I think it's kind of a weird album, but it's a cool album. 
I came in thinking I was going to make a country album, country and Western, but I live around New Orleans and, uh, you know, old school soul and R&B is a big thing over there and jazz music, of course. And uh, I'm not far from Mississippi, the home of the Delta Blues. So, I mean, I think there's some of that in there. I guess I've kind of come into my own little little thing. And, uh, you know, so I'm proud of that. I'll be excited when that album comes out. Don't have a date, but I just I think when it's time for it to come out, I'll just go on Twitter and I'll just I'll just click it and post it and not say anything, and it will be there, you know. But, that's um, awesome. But that's all I'm really pushing. I got my job at the uh, you know WVE Fox Eight New Orleans, which is a a, um, a a news TV station in the city, and we got our eye on everything. Uh, I have an interesting job over there. I, I work for. Um, our uh, digital aspect of our coverage. So I'm, you know, I'll help the TV people out, you know, writing scripts and stuff like that, but I'm mostly in charge of putting things on social media and putting things on our website and stuff like that. Um, I'm an old newspaper guy, so I write a lot of web stories and I'm a storyteller and I put that on there. It's kind of a funny story with our Pell's coverage lately. you know, all I would say this: all local news media in America is probably shorthanded. That's just this. That's just the way things are run, and that's just a reality situation. And there's a work shortage in America. You know, there's a lot of open jobs, and it's hard to fill them with people. But um, you know, I think we were running a little light on Appel's coverage for a little while because we had so many things to tackle. Um, there's no real time deadline or anything involved with the internet. So I kind of just assume some duties of kind of being a beat writer for the Pelicans. I used to do it as a newspaper guy and I used to be a sports editor when I was a newspaper guy. Um, So when I would get done with all of my work I had to do, I, you know, started making some Pelicans graphics and, and writing some Pelican stories and, uh, first, the, the first ones I did were just like general, like this is what would happen in the game. And then, you know, they started giving us the green light to do some more creative things. So I started writing some more editorial things like the thing that, w- that came out tonight. Um, and no one's told me to stop yet. So <laughs> it looks like we're in the clear. I'm getting all my work done. So, you know, oh, I, I think they're looking, they're looking at it as like, if you want to do that extra, then you can do that extra. But like, <laughs> I'm not forcing you to do it. <laughs> no, it's great. And I mean, the more voices yeah. around this team, I think the better. And, you know, we get so many different perspectives. And, you know, I, I thought your article was fantastic um, and everything you put out. I, I'm a big fan of because I like the way you write. And, um, yeah, you are Thank a real you. storyteller. And I can come through in your music as well, which, um, yeah, I really enjoy. But, I mean, that's just me fanboying over here. But disregard my uh, me carrying on. I appreciate it. It's been fantastic. Wow, do you mind if I turn the tables on you for just? Of course a you can. Of course you can. Yeah. You know, you're you're an Australian guy. Uh, I would like to know how how'd you how'd you end up joining our Pels Twelve here? I, you know, uh, what, what's your connection to New Orleans and the and the Pelicans? Like, how'd that come to be? Yeah. Um. Well, it's it's sort of an interesting story. I, I, well, I don't know if it's interesting. Used to me. Um. I think I've only been on board really since. Well, I haven't been. 
probably for last three, four years, I guess. So before that, I was a fan of the NBA. Um, and I was doing fantasy basketball writing uh, and, and podcasting a bit for uh, Sports Ethos. Uh, there was an opening because the guys who were running the show before me left. I don't know where they went, but um, yeah, so they put it out and I was like, yeah, all right. It's an interesting team. I'll, I'll jump on there and didn't know too much about it. And uh, I took it over right before the pandemic. So then the pandemic hit, we had no basketball to talk about. Uh, so I decided to, well, I was keeping the show going. So uh Went and interviewed a whole heap of people from throughout New Orleans. I spoke to uh, people from, well, Mark Romig from um, New Orleans and Company. I spoke to uh, oh. people over at the um, World War II Museum. I spoke, oh, I was bailing people out left, left, right and centre and uh, started looking into the history of basketball in New Orleans. And um, when you start connecting with people from a city, uh, you start, you know, enjoying learning about it. And I... I love culture and I love um, the city and I've been there and I just, I fell in love with the city when I was there. And even though it was only a short time, I had such a great time and it was one of those memories that just stick with you. It's, it's such a unique place. And so for me, um, it was, it was, a, I don't know, it was a roundabout way to get into it, but then I sort of started by watching all the games. I was going, these guys play with um, uh, such a, a sort of us versus them mentality that you can, it's they're easy to, to cheer for. And as I covered them and, and got more of a, um, I suppose, uh, you know, deeper into the team and then you get this team, it's easy to be fully invested. And, um, yeah. you know, I've had such great uh, communications with everyone around the team, whether that was with the team or with the, um, you know, with the squadron as well. I had a great chat with uh, Coach Pannone uh, a few months back now and uh, it, it's just been I don't know it's been a whirlwind but uh, now they're definitely my team and uh, I go into bat for them anytime I can whether that's on Twitter or in real life but uh, yeah that's sort of my story as to how I got into it but um, I'm stuck with them now and they're stuck with me so too bad <laughs> yeah well man I, I appreciate you having an interest in this team and, and also taking an extra mile to like learn about the city as well you know um as, as far as basketball in the city goes, you know, there really is a pretty decent history of legendary hoopers coming from not only just the city, but in the state of Louisiana as well. You know, like um, there's a little more basketball history in the area than given credit for. And, and that was stuff that I always grew up knowing about. So you know, in the years that we didn't have a team, I just always wondered, like, why Why not? Like, why can't we do that down here? Like, why can't we have an NBA team? And, and then, you know, we hear the story from our fathers about the Utah, the Utah, the New Orleans Jazz and Pete Maravich, and he just sounded like this amazing ghost that loomed over us, you know, and it's like, I want to experience that. And, you know, what was so incredible about that is you go and look and you're like, wow, the Jazz never really won anything while they were in New Orleans. But yet the people that were there and got to see it, they talk about it like it was the greatest show on earth. And that's how I knew. I'm like, you know, we need NBA basketball again in New Orleans. You know, I want to experience that. I want my kids to experience that, you know. So I'm, I'm hoping that this group coming in, they're the ones that really will lay the foundation for that. And I really thought like Chris Paul and the guys were going to be the ones and they, they could have been, I know, you know, people will argue about things that 
happened in the lockout year and players that came and gone and salary cap issues. But I, I don't know. I think I know I know what he was searching for. Uh, if maybe he was searching for more of like what CJ has been talking about lately, you know, being that eternal legend just by playing in a smaller place like New Orleans. Maybe it doesn't matter for Chris Paul. He'll be in the Hall of Fame regardless, but he also didn't achieve what he was searching for either. And that's also in jeopardy right now. Uh, So, I mean, him and his group, they could have been the ones, but they weren't the ones. Uh, Anthony Davis had no interest in that. But I I feel like these guys – kind of maybe want to stick together and maybe they, they want that type of greatness. I, mean, I, I don't, you, you can go and win a ring in New York or, well, they're not going to win a ring you, or, or in Boston or, or, or LA, but it's not going to carry that same weight, um, you know, as it would like how it does for those guys in San Antonio under mm. pop, you know, and, and places like that, like, you know, it, it it's it's just not the same. Oh, for sure. It, I mean, look at Giannis in, in Milwaukee. Yeah. Right, right. I mean, right. they it's they were so starved of basketball, and then you you get a guy that says, "No, this is this is my city," and goes and delivers them that. And the places. I mean, I remember what was it, 2014, 2013, They were giving away three game memberships for six bucks, and they couldn't get anyone in there. There was something like five hundred people were going to Bucks games. And all yeah. of a sudden, Giannis gets in the gym, learns a bit of English, and he's just, you know, the face of the league now. He's unbelievable. Um, yeah. You know, and that team could be that for us. There's no reason why our guys can't be the uh, the ones that bring us there. And I think you can see it from the buy-in from the team. They all want to play together. They all enjoy each other's company. You hear it time and time again. They call each other brothers. They treat each other like family. And, I mean... It's, it's easy to be, feel a part of that extra part of the extended family because, um, you know, they're so much fun and, and so uh, together, I guess, for want of a better term. You know, they play together and they want to be together. But uh, it's an exciting, exciting time to be a New Orleans Pelicans fan. I tell you what, um, <laughs> yeah, something else. But, uh, Jesse, thank you very much for your uh, for your time tonight. Uh, I know it's, it's probably what, midnight over there or thereabouts. Um I appreciate yeah. you sitting down and chatting with me. It's been it's been fantastic. Thank you for having me, Lyle, man. I've been wanting to do this for a while. Nah, it's good that we worked it all out. And um, guys, extend your uh, your thanks to Jesse Brooks. He is just an absolute legend of the uh, Billigans fandom and network and media and, and the like. And uh, we appreciate all you do. And keep telling stories for us because, uh, like I said, I'm a big fan of your work and I appreciate you. Uh, putting out another voice for this uh, New Orleans Pelicans team. So thank you very much. Thank you, man. (laughs) Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. Bet MGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus and present in Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. So thanks again to Jesse Brooks for joining us on the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. It was fantastic chatting with him. Obviously a great storyteller and uh, one of the great voices, as I've said, around uh, New Orleans Pelicans and, and New Orleans in general. Uh, and also a musical talent as well. So go and check him out. You can follow him on Twitter at Jesse C. Brooks. And he's got all of his content over there, uh, including the announcement of uh, Baby Brooks due in July, as he was telling us on the show. So, game day. It's going to be fantastic. Uh, big game ahead in Phoenix. Looking forward to it all. We've got more guests coming up. We've got more shows coming. So keep your eyes peeled and locked on this channel. Uh, I'm going to leave it at that because it was a fantastic chat and uh, there's not much more that I can say other than uh, thanks again to Jesse for joining us. So, as always, this is the Sports Ethos New Orleans Pelicans podcast. I'm your host, Lyle Swithenbank, at Ethos Pelicans on Twitter, at Lyle Swithenbank. We'll be back uh, with you all after the Pelicans hopefully defeat the Phoenix Suns. Bye for now. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com.
Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.